Welcome to Drive Digital Success, your behind-the-scenes podcast about Formula One and the technology driving it. Presented by Chris Medland and Mandy Carter. Powered by IONOS, first-class cloud and IT infrastructure. So my name is Ayao Komatsu. I work for House F1 team. My uh, role is Director of Engineering. I'll try to explain to you what F1 Pitwall does. Thank you very much. So, can you paint a picture for someone who's never seen one, maybe never even heard of Formula One, when we say a Pitwall, what exactly are we looking at? What are we thinking? If you were looking at a picture of it right now, what would you explain it looks like to somebody? Yeah, so we have about six guys sitting on the Pitwall. It's uh, essentially just a stand with many computer monitors with a seat on it and some people don't have a seat actually some teams they just stand and then of course we have a intercom panel so not just a radio you know to talk to driver it's a radio to talk to mechanic it's a radio but to talk to other engineers we all we have this uh, intercom system so it's much clearer and then it's more secure so who creates this is it a team piece of kit is it given to you by the circuit what exactly so those are let's say tv fees or onboard fees that's all supplied by f1 and then so gps of course gps you know all the hardware we have it on the car everybody have it but actual software is done by the external company which many teams use for so we just buy them you know for every year then it's got all the timing information all the gps information and then it's uh, evolving every single year and then the companies are very good at responding to our request as well so I don't know exactly how many teams uses it, but several teams use the same software. So yeah, it's not an advantage of having that software because other teams have it, but it's just how we use it, you know, how to interpret those data. And then in terms of telemetry data, again, it's a standard data format, but then uh, in terms of, again, how you log the channel, how you then process that channel to understand what the car is doing, that's up to us. So it's kind of like half supplied, but then you tailor made it to yourself. And... Each pit wall, are they the same as in the physical structure or does each team build their own? Uh, Each team build their own structure because again, the requirement changes, requirement differs depending on the teams and also who sits on the pit wall is different, not the same across all the teams. So I think each team have uh, their own requirement and build to their specification. And who does sit on the Haas F1 pit wall? If you started at, say, well, whichever ever end you want. Like, sure, sure. Way through. Yeah, so we have a Mark Rowe, team manager. He sits on the most uh, left-hand side of the pit wall. Then we have Gunther Steiner, our team principal. Then I sit next to Gunther. Then on my right-hand side, I have a Pfizer, who is a strategist. And then next to Pfizer, there's a empty position. It's a spare position. Then on the far right, we have a Pete Crawler who uh, looks after the logistics side of things, but the operation. And what is everyone doing on the pit walks? I guess you all have different jobs and that's why you're up there. Sure. So start with Pfizer. Pfizer is a strategist. So he looks after all the timing data. Again, not just by himself. You know, he's got uh, guys working for him, feeding information to him. So things like all the audios, what other people are doing in terms of a strategy, especially in the race, is very important to him. Now I sit next to him because then it's easy to, you know, even look at each other's computer, each other's face, even though you can do everything by, let's say, remote. It, it makes difference when you have to make a split second decision, just looking at each other's face, understand if he's a bit concerned about it, he's very confident, then also I can really get a good idea without even talking to him what he's looking at, so what I need to look at. So he, he's a strategist, and then Gunther Steiner, obviously, he looks at the overall picture, and then, of course, when he asks questions, I feed him on some details, but he's really 
sort of like looking from a three, four steps back, which is really useful to have. Sometimes uh, when you're really involved in some of the decision making, sometimes it's difficult to take a step back. So Gunther's got very, very good feel of what's actually going on. So sometimes if he feels like, oh, Aya hasn't really caught on to this or he might be missing this, why is he saying that? And he just asks me questions. That's uh, really good. And he gets involved in a very, at the right level. You know, some people get involved too much, some people too little because they don't know what's going on, but Gunther knows what's going on, but he doesn't get involved all the time. So that's very helpful. And then Marco, his team manager, so he, he's a direct contact to our race control every single time. So let's say if we go off the track and if we get penalized for track limit, et cetera, and he's a you know, first person to speak with our race control. If race control has got issues with us, and then he will call up Mark, then Mark will uh, let us know what's going on. And in terms of a red flag situation, safety car, etc., he's the one getting information from a race control. And he calls for the pit stops as well. So let's say with a strategist and myself, we decide when to pit. And then I convey that information to race engineers. But in terms of controlling mechanics, when the mechanics needs to come out, what they need to do, Mark controls that. So it's very good for mechanics to have a single point of a Contact, single voice, if you like. No matter what happens in the race, what scenario, you always hear Mark's voice. You know, that's very important. You know, depending on the situation, if different people talk to mechanic, it can cause confusion. Then Mark does a fantastic job on that. So that's Mark's job. And Pete Crawler's job, he's the, a bit more in the background these days, but and, you know, he, he's really helpful to both Mark and myself and Gunther in the background in terms of doing anything helpful, you know, snipping some of the footage. For instance, last weekend in Brazil, Mick had a coming together with Raikkonen. The Mark was talking with race control. Again, Pete quickly snipped up the video, onboard video, so that we can assess how we should approach this incident. So he's aware of everything that's going on and he's always, uh, he's got some spare capacity during the race. So it's very useful person to have in terms of just giving us any ad hoc analysis we need on the spot. And it sounds like you keep it very simple with the amount of people on the pit wall. Yes. You have the spare space and Pete's role. Is it a dangerous place to be? I don't think it's a dangerous space to be. I mean, that spare space is actually Gene's space. And then, of course, Gene owns the team. So it's respectful that nobody takes that place as well. But it's not like we desperately need that position as well. You know, if I or somebody desperately needed that position to be filled, used by somebody... You know, if I say to Gunther, can we use that space? I'm sure Gunther would say yes. And also, like, no matter how many people you have, of course, you got to make instant decision, right? So then bottleneck is always your capacity to consume the information. So if 10 people is telling you all different information, you can't make a decision, right? So it's the optimum number, optimum amount of information you can provide. Too little, you might miss something, but too much, you can't process it anyway. So you got to have that right level of information going to you so that you can make the informed decision in the you know, quickest possible time. And what about the interaction with the driver? Is this the main point that kind of speaks to the driver when they're in the car? So no, the main point of contact for driver when they're in the car is race engineer. And our race engineers are based in the garage. Why? Because obviously apart from the race, you know, all the operation happens in the garage. So if you're a race engineer, it's better to be stationed in the garage so that... You can see very closely what's going on to the car. You can talk to mechanic quickly. You can talk to the fuel man quickly if there's any emergency happens. So race engineer's position in the garage is the correct place to be. And then unless there's anything, let's say, out of ordinary, normally nobody other than race engineers talk to the driver. Again, 
you know, if multiple people talk to the driver, it can be confusing. So, yeah, we just try to, again, try to keep it as simple as possible. What are the out of the ordinary situations? Is it when you're telling a driver off? Is that when you need the pit wall? <laughs> <laughs> it has happened before. I think US incidents some years ago with Gunther telling Roman to uh, shut up. That was a, that was an unusual scenario. But Roman was complaining about the car. I think Gunther had enough. Gunther just said, just shut up and drive. And then uh, more recently, just a qualifying situation where Nikita was a bit worried about certain things. And then his race engineer told him information the way Nikita came back. We decided, I just decided I'll just speak to Nikita and then Nikita responded straight away. So yeah, normally he just stops that race engineer. And then you mentioned about who's in the garage then. Why is the pit wall on the pit wall and not in the garage, if that makes sense? I think it's a, maybe the tradition thing. It used to be obviously pit wall was much simpler, right? If you sit on the pit wall, you can actually see the pit straight and then you can visually see what's going on in the pit lane. These days, you got so much video feed, etc., that the things, sometimes you don't need to see it physically. And also, because now we've got so many screens, if you sit on the pit wall, you can't see the pit straight anyway. So I think it's more of a tradition thing, probably. But then also, it helps in terms of, especially in qualifying, let's say everybody's trying to do the same thing, everybody's trying to get out at the same time, then trying to get a tow of someone, but you want to be the fast cars rather than last of the cars, then it's important to actually visually see who's coming out of the garage. But then again, with the software these days, we know exactly when people's firing up. You know, we used to try to listen to who fired up, you know, but these days on the software we got, we can tell exactly everyone's fired up. So yeah, lots of things we can do from data. So you can say you don't need to be on the pit wall but then if you look at the practical things in the garage there's no space and then there's no downside in sitting on the pit wall if you like in that sense you can still see what's going on in the pit stop you can visually see in the pit stop scenario if something goes wrong especially for Mark Rowe team manager who controls the pit stop it's critical that he sees live what's going on in the pit stop of course I look at it but then anything happens it's Mark's goal to either stop the car or doing something different great stuff perfect thank you very much no problem listening see you at our next pit stop in two weeks drive digital success brought to you by ionos first class cloud and it infrastructure production by digital compact presenters are mandy carter and chris medland music and sound design by raffamusic.com if you've liked this podcast recommend it to your friends and give us five stars at your favorite podcast provider